Welcome sentient beings from all known universes and beyond. It's time to activate your cranial downlinks and prepare to receive a raft of discussion on a cosmic ocean of science fiction and fantasy topics, interviews with local area genre devotees, and insightful prognostication by our soothsayers of science fiction, our forecasters of fantasy, and any other beings that happen to get caught in our gravity well. This is the Galactic Driftwood Podcast. Welcome to this episode of the Galactic Driftwood Podcast. I'm Bill. I'm Linda. I'm Seth. I'm Jenna. Chris. And uh, be sure to check us out on galacticdriftwood.space where you can find this and all of our previous episodes. Uh, we put out new episodes um, typically every Wednesday, but uh, weekly for sure. And um, you can also check out our pot, part partner. 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 Partner podcasts on synergynation.net that's s-y-n synnation.net um all right so this time uh, this week we're going to be talking about a couple of things we wanted to briefly touch on the uh, harry potter 20th anniversary special which is now out on uh, hbo max and uh, then we're going to talk uh switch into the the, the witcher and uh, so let's see i think Linda and I are the only two that have seen the Harry Potter special, but we watched that yesterday and uh, it's uh, yeah, about two and a half hours long or so. Wow. Um, and, uh, but it was very well done. I thought um, they, uh, they had uh, a lot of one-on-one interviews with the cast and then a lot of, of course, group interviews where they were reminiscing about uh, the, uh, the scenes that they had done um, during the original movies and that's hard to believe that when these actors uh, started those movies, they were like maybe nine and 10 years old. And um, they, it oh, was kind little. of, it was <laughs> kind of fun uh, listening to them talk about it because, you know, of course they're just young kids and they don't realize that the adult actors that are on the show, many of them are like legends, uh, you know, John Hurt and um, uh, actors like that. Um, and to them, they're just, you know, fellow people on the show in fact uh oh, i'm drawing a blank on the oh, actor's name so cute and young. dumbledore richard was it richard harris yes i think so uh yeah they said you know they they when they saw him there uh when they first ran into him they thought he was like the janitor or something for the, <laughs> for the, for the set <laughs> and they had no idea who he was uh oh, wow. which was pretty hilarious so uh, there was a lot of funny little stories like that anecdotes in there and uh but it was great seeing them uh, apparently and i didn't realize this but the studios where all those sets were made um has been turned into museum so oh, those wow. sets are still up and they filmed a lot of this in those sets and it's the first time that most of those cast members um have been back on those sets uh, since they filmed it. And uh, so it was kind of, uh, it was a, a, a number of scenes were quite emotional in it um, mm-hmm. for the actors, you know, being back on those sets again and, and remembering, you know, basically growing up uh, during the course of those, what was it? Seven movies, I think. Um, eight. Yeah. Or eight. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So there's, there's one scene. I think that's like, maybe the Gryffindor common room or something. I don't know. Yeah, but anyway, the there and everything. Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. So, but they were sitting there reminiscing about the show and um, you know, you, you uh, really got a sense that um, all of the actors uh, that were in it, having grown up together, they all really have a very close bond. And, yeah. They're each uh, they other's all, family. Yeah. They all feel like a family and, and um, it was um very interesting time. They, they talked about, you know, uh, certain, uh, episodes when they sort of reached that awkward teen stage, Teenage. you know, <laughs> uh, and, and, and what the acting was like for them, because they were actually going through that kind of thing in real life, you know, <laughs> uh, going through the hormones and all of that kind of stuff, and then doing it on screen as well. And, and for some of them, uh, you know, there were some first kisses involved that were on screen, you know, and yeah. that was, and that was a huge deal, you know, because 
they knew all of the cast and crew having grown up with them. And now they're all here watching them do their first <laughs> kiss. Yeah, and, she said, it's like kissing your brother. <laughs> yeah, uh, and, yeah, that's what it felt like to them because they'd grown up with each other, you know, almost like siblings. And um, so they showed some outtakes, you know, where uh, Rupert, uh, who played uh, Ron Weasley, and um, uh, God, I can't think of the act. Uh, Emma Watson? Yeah, Emma Watson. Um, they were doing their first kiss and they showed them, you know, and, and they're, they're acting their scene out and then it's time for them to turn a kiss and they turn and look at each other and they both just crack up laughing because and they, said they had to take so many takes because all they did was <laughs> yeah. laugh. Yeah. <laughs> and Emma's like, Emma said she, she was like, at that point, she goes, I just figured that at, at, at this point, the only way this is going to get done is I just have to go for it and just, and just take <laughs> over it. and do it because if I wait for Ron, it's not going to happen. So, <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, but wow. it, was, it was fun. And <laughs> um, even the older actors, uh, they had a, a nice segment where they talked to um, the actor that played Hagrid, you know, yeah. and um, and uh, that was kind of a, a little bit of an emotional scene, too. And how he talked about, you know, he spent more time with the kids on the show when they were filming than he that did with his own kids at the time. Oh. Um, mm. But now it's kind of fun being able to share uh, these movies with grandkids and things like that. So, um, yeah, it, it was really good. Very well done, I thought. And did they have uh, a tribute to Alan Rickman and such. Yes, um, they did. All, and they uh, they actually had a little segment where they um, highlighted all of the actors or um, uh, uh, people that were on the crew that had passed away since they uh, since they had filmed. But yeah, so uh, it, it was very good, very touching, I thought. So if, mm -hmm. uh, if you have HBO Max, uh, it's definitely worth uh, worth a watch if you if you liked uh, at all any of the uh, Harry Potter movies or books, uh, you'll love the, the 20th anniversary uh, retrospective. So. so it didn't feel forced at all to you, like someone just trying to get another no. marketing? No. Like it's... it felt like genuine? Yes. Because that was my fear of watching it. It's right. like, is this going to feel genuine or does this feel like... No, it felt scoop to get money. It felt really genuine. It was uh, at Good. points it was a tearjerker. Lynn and I are both balling. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. So I rec definitely recommend watching it. You'll you'll really like it. So. Did J.K. Okay. Rowling have any part in this or any? Uh, no, mm -hmm. um, they interviewed they, her a few times. Well, they mentioned her a few times, um, but uh, she wasn't featured in it at all. She wasn't talked to or anything. So, That's... Um, I thought they interviewed her. No, uh -uh. I thought we saw an interview anyway. I don't, I don't remember seeing her in it. And that's, I think there's, if it's not memorable. Then that's a good thing. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And JK Rowling has got to be just one of the most disappointing examples of an author I can think of. Yeah. Right. Right. This, you had so much and you've decided to throw it away just so that you can you can shit on a group of people. Right. I, right. I think that's just it, it, that's just her true nature, though. We, we can't idolize everybody as if they're perfect, and she's clearly not. I, and I know. I'm just saying she's, like, if she just would have been willing to grow a little bit and right. listen to other people, like, she could still have it all. Yep. I, yeah, I'm but, not sure she needs any more. Yeah, well, some people, uh, yeah, some people don't they don't want to listen so they don't want to grow so it just sucks that someone who can create a world that everyone's grown to love is in her true nature something completely different yeah right. and that's that's kind of what i'm sad about is because she did create this world that a lot of us love right and her nature kind of taints it now yeah well not you know the there was a big part of it i felt that was about um the story about accepting differences, you know, whether you're a, a mud blood, as they called it, you know, uh, half magical or no magical parents or whatever. Um, uh, it was all about acceptance and even people that were, you know, a little bit odd or quirky, like um, uh, Luna Lovegood, I think was the one uh, character, mm -hmm. right? That was, you know, uh, seen as quirky, but, you know, it turned out to be a very valuable contributor in helping Harry Potter um, overcome uh, the, uh, um, the bad guy. 
The one who is Gort. the one who, yeah, I yep. I can't say his name because he cannot be named. Right. <laughs> and we can't to me. Like I think if there's more good coming out of the work than bad within reason, you can't let it taint that positivity for you because there were so many people who got good things out of it for themselves. Right. right. Because yeah. I mean you it's like you have to think about what all in science then and art and history would you have to reject because the backstories of the people who created are terrible sure right. pablo picasso terrible fucking human being mm. <laughs> yeah. i mean like it's it's just kind of one of those uh, things that it, it sucks that she created such a beautiful thing for a lot of people and then right. you find out who she is as a person it doesn't match but that's where art can take on a life of its own and become its own thing. Right. You have to, I think at some point be able to divorce the author from the work. Within um, reason. I get it. Yes, like if, right, if Hitler right. had written sure. uh, Harry Potter, yeah, probably be a different story. <laughs> different story. <laughs> we don't need to give his estate anything more money. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> if there was an True. estate. You know what I'm True. And I think that's where a lot of people are, though, is that they don't just don't want to support something that benefits Rowling anymore. Yeah. Right. And, and I can under, certainly understand that. Yeah my, yeah. my wife's a huge Harry Potter fan, and that's what she struggled with the last few years is, you know, wanting to. Uh, you know, collect more things in that franchise and everything, but not anything that that would benefit or say that she supports, you know, that author. And so that that's become a struggle. So uh, yeah. if, they, if they didn't mention her in the in the uh, series, great. If if uh, um, or in the uh, special, uh, that that's great. I, I think uh, it would have been a the rightful thing to do is just distance themselves from. from yeah, I mean, she was she was her. mentioned. Uh, uh, a couple of times, maybe three times, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and we saw a picture of her, right? That could be. I, yeah, I don't I remember. Yeah, I think that might have been it. But, yeah. but I know no interview with her. She certainly wasn't interviewed for it. And, you know, I look at it as, yeah, um, you don't necessarily want to support um, her and her her negative opinions like that. But then I think about all of the good people, actors and crew and stuff that worked on those shows that are also getting a lot of money from residuals and things from that, Uh that that stuff airing and that, Mm -hmm. you know, that that helps those, those people and helps support them. There were, you know, hundreds of people that worked on those shows that are also Mm -hmm. getting some of the benefit from it too. So, yeah, but Anyway, so long story short, yeah, I definitely recommend seeing it. If you loved Harry Potter, you will absolutely love the retrospective. So we'll have to check it out. Sounds like it was yeah. really good. Yeah, it was really good. And you said it was like a full length. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. It's like two hours. I, I was surprised. That's I thought cool. it was going to be because we were uh, <laughs> we were we had watched the first Matrix movie. And then I'm <laughs> like, oh, I, you know, it popped up when I went to watch the next one. I saw Harry Potter on there and I'm like, Oh, you know what? I wanted to watch that. Let's just watch that real quick. We'll take a break in between the Matrix movies. And then it just went on. And I'm like, holy shit, we're going to be up till midnight trying to get the Matrix watched, you know? But I'm like, oh, no. yeah, I didn't want to stop it because it was just too good. So, but okay, yeah, it's, it's over, over two hours. But yeah, worth it. Definitely worth it. So, all right. So The Witcher. Now, Linda and I have not seen it and Seth has not seen it. But uh, Jenna and Chris have uh, season yes. two, that is. So, um, guys, why don't you take it away and tell us what uh, what you liked and uh, what you thought? Yeah, I'm gonna grab my notes here. All right. Um, so just a quick overview. I mean, although I imagine if, if you know what The Witcher is, a lot of people who maybe loved the first season, like, I think it's safe to say you really enjoyed it, too, Chris. And there like might be were, spoilers here. Yes. Yeah, spo- okay. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, spoilers. There will be spoilers. Okay. Spoilers. There will be spoilers. <laughs> gotcha. So, um, so you basically pick up where the first season left off, and that you know Geralt has Siri, and Yennefer, as far as I know, has died, <laughs> and he is trying to take her to someplace safe now that he has her, because he knows there's a lot of internet. Uh, I guess you can't say international worldly interest among the different powers in this group, whether it be the mages or the Kings or certainly Nilfgaard, our enemy nation, Mm -hmm. the villain of all of this. 
who want her for some reason or will want her once they understand she is powerful. So he takes her to, I'm probably going to say this horribly wrong, Kyre Moore, yes. basically the home base of the witchers where they yep. go to winter and to recharge and, you know, let monsters breed so they can make more coin in the spring and the winter or spring and summer. And it's not, it's not an easy transition. They're trying to get used to each other. And also monsters are attracted to her apparently. So mm-hmm. uh, they keep popping up and Geralt is trying to find answers with her, um, find answers as to who she is and what she is. And one of the other mages show up to help with that, Triss, because she had shown up in the first season and Geralt had helped her as well with another situation. So uh, ends up unfortunately finding out she is a child of prophecy that uh, we can get into more here soon, which she could be basically the equivalent of a bomb for yeah. everyone in this world. Yeah. And then at the same time, like, holy crap, uh, what do we do about that? Yennefer, who did survive the Battle of Sodden, where she did all this amazing fire magic, which the series does a good job discussing in the season, fire magic is illegal among mages. They're mm. not supposed to wield it, it's too dangerous, but apparently it's because elves could use a lot of fire magic and maintain their sanity. Because if humans use fire magic, uh, it starts to chip at their soul and they can mm. go crazy. Yeah, think of it like if you've watched um, The Wheel of Time, how men weren't allowed to use the magic there because they'd go crazy. Sure. Similar type of aspect here with mages, who, human mages that use uh, fire magic. But Yennefer <laughs> is a quarter elf. Mm-hmm. So she displays a level of magic that has not been seen in anyone's memory mm-hmm. uh, among the mages to, to win the, the battle at the end of that first season. And, uh, you know, she loses her connection to magic. Yep, she pays and, a heavy price for it. Yep, and uh, she gets captured first by Nilfgaard and their enemy mage who she grew up training with, but, or at least went through training with, who was working for Nilfgaard. But then they get captured by elves who are trying to dig up this archaeological site because their elf mage keeps having these dreams about a hooded figure. But they had also started having dreams. And basically they get conned into helping a demon because the demon says, I will grant you your wish. Yennefer wants her magic back. Mm -hmm. The elf mage wants her baby wants to have a baby because for whatever reason, elves have not been able to have a pure-blooded baby in a couple hundred years. For whatever the conditions and the wars and everything, they've not mm-hmm. been able to have their own children. Hmm. And to find a, a, a homeland for them. And the other mage, Fringilla, she wants favor with the, the white flame, the guy who took over Nilfgaard so that she can continue to accumulate power. And, uh, you know, Jennifer tries to resist at first because she doesn't want, she's like, you're not what you say you are. I don't want shit to do with you. But ultimately they all three end up striking a bargain, which. Mm. Never good. Yeah, never never good. Because they just think she's a witch or she's an elf because she comes to them and offers them something. And they kind of deep down know she's not what they appear to be. The Mm. other two realize this too, but they want what they want so bad. That they're willing to do it so and that's kind of where the season kicks off and uh for those who maybe hated the time jumping and you're worried about digging into the season two with a uh, new time jumping it's none of that it's a straight storyline nice okay. now yep now did you go back and watch like the yeah. last season of episode one before you started just to kind of refresh your memory or was there enough recap in the beginning that you didn't feel you needed to? I felt like there was enough recap for sure. Um, and it wasn't too much. It wasn't matrix resurrections level recap. <laughs> okay. So it, it was a good balance. All yeah. right. I, I, I had to go back myself. Um, and, and, but I didn't go back and watch the season. There's a couple of YouTubers out there that did a great job of, of recapping like the five minute recap. 
Oh, okay. Um, because I was trying to remember what all happened when things kind of wrapped up without having to go back through the entire last episode. Right. Uh, with the big battle and, and everything like that. So it's worth a five or 10 minute if it's still a little fuzzy with you, which is completely yes. understandable because let's not forget the first season did a lot of time jumping and it wasn't necessarily popular with a lot of people. Right. Uh, by the time you realize it was going on, it was kind of, do you go back and start the series over again? Now that you've kind of picked up on the cues halfway through the season. <laughs> right. So um, on, on that note, um, they do, they do pay tribute to that in some respects. So there's a scene where, um, you know, the bar Jaskier or whatever is, is uh, trying to sneak his way onto this boat. And one of the guys there says, Oh, I know you, you're the famous, you know, singer, whatever, you know, uh, but you know what? I, I don't think that song of yours was probably, you know, your best work. And, and, and Jaska turns around, he couldn't let it go, right? He's already made his way into the ship and he's about to throw it all away because this guy has something negative to say about one of his songs. And, and the guy continues to criticize him saying, you know, uh, you had all this time jumping around. It took a long time to figure out. And, and some of these other things that were just, you know, completely unnecessary. <laughs> and it was complete. It was, it was the, you know, the director's cue to, Hey, we heard you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we, we hear you or whatever. So right. they did throw in a joke to poke, kind of poke at themselves a little bit uh, in this, in this little uh, tiff between uh, Jaskier and uh, this uh, guy who's trying to, to convince to let him onto his boat and it ends up going south like mm. they, they get into this big argument about it and, and it doesn't go his way um, but yeah I did think that was pretty interesting Here, here's so. what I would recommend though um, I know you Bill Linda do not like animations I highly recommend watching Nightmare of the Wolf because of the it's wolf. A, yeah it's an animated Witcher season side thing they did yeah which is, is a connected Yes, absolutely, because it's about Vesemir, who raised, who was basically Geralt's winter or, or mentor to become a witcher. Okay. And, you know, they talk about the fall of the witchers, why mm -hmm. they can't make them anymore in the first season. Mm -hmm. And this uh, plays the event for you, like what oh, happened exactly. And it. So we should watch this before season two. Yes. Okay. I would. You don't have to have it, but it really does help kind of bring back things from season one and it gives you more of the context and magical laws that exist. Yeah. Think of it as the, All right. uh, I'll, I'll, you know, make another reference to the Wheel of Time. Can you tell I like the Wheel of Time? The <laughs> yeah. X-ray portion of that oh, Amazon, gotcha. where they have all the extra content yeah yeah does it it's one of those things that's supposed to fill the gaps for that okay it really helps fill in a lot of stuff and the animation is really well done the music is great um it's it definitely what i think makes the witcher such a great series is it's so gray it's not black and white mm -hmm. like there are very human emotions and reasons that people that are driving these characters and they're not perfect and a lot of them are making terrible choices um like just because they think that's what they have to do and that's what's best so like one of the things you find out about siri the princess is that you know spoiler alert again she is from a long line of elves an elf mm -hmm. weapon but she's been raised to believe she's completely human and her grandmother hated elves actually yep. tried to like create a genocide against elves in her own kingdom mm -hmm. huh. uh so and we never fully get to have an answer why because siri doesn't get an answer because she doesn't know why her grandmother and how much her grandmother even knew mm. of her background if it was just like reaction or what but i mean at least we don't have the answer yet it's no. important to know that that the way season two ends is just we've finished another chapter Yes, uh, they do set up for a continuation with a big reveal at the end as far as who's leading um, the uh, Nilfgaard, the Nilfgaard, which happens to be, again, spoiler alert, um, Siri's father. Oh, OK. Yeah. Well, um, you, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it it's it's an important thing there. And that that's how they, they tend to wrap it up. But uh, it does set up for a very long story to continue going forward, which I'm excited about. Now, Chris, now, did, you, did you say something about, sorry, Janet, uh, about there being some funny scene that you wanted to That was it. The, the, the funny oh. scene was with Jasker and the guy when he's trying okay. to get onto the boat. And they oh, gotcha. One. Okay. So. All right. Yeah, Jenna. I was just going to say, the, the only thing, probably the only 
thing that I think will really either ruin this season for me, I would think is maybe the actress change for Siri. I thought she did a great job when they did flashbacks. They were long distance. Okay. So I actually can't... thought it was the same actor. No, it's it's hmm. a different actress. They did long distance so you couldn't see okay. who who like her face clearly. And I like this actress a lot. I found her actually to be less irritating than the first actress, but the first actress did a great job. Um, I just think uh, and Aaron was like, she looks way older. I'm like, no, she doesn't look way older. She's just way prettier. Huh. I think that's what distracting. That's why you think she's older. Sorry. <laughs> Interesting. All right. Um, but they all did a, a great job. And the fact that the world is so complex uh, in they, terms of the forces driving the different politics and power and the mythology is pretty flipping cool. It, uh, it is that, the same girl, by the way. No, it not. is. So the, re- the reason behind that is because so much time passed with the pandemic between when they filmed the initial that she grew that much. Because no. I, I, I remember Googling this. I just went to pull it back up again. And Freya no, Allen is playing the same the person. Same it girl. is the same girl. She just grew that much. <laughs> no, wow. lies. Then they really should have so, done. But yeah, so I had to look this up too. So one thing that will take people off the, that will uh, take people off guard is it does look like a different girl. But it is the same one. It's just that much time that's passed between the filming and the first and second season. No. Well, that's yeah, happened. That that's happened too. to a lot of shows. I mean, we saw that with uh, the Lost in Space um, season. Uh, Will Robinson had had grown up so much because of the <laughs> pandemic delay in coming out with the second season that he lo- almost looked like a different guy. So. So here's the my my irritation then. Were they really? But it's only two years since they filmed. I mean, so Growth spurts. She's right kids at that grow age. fast. Yeah. Yeah. She's yes. Right at that age where that transformation happened. So bizarre, is, right? They they could have changed her makeup. Then there's no excuse that makeup could not have matched her more. If it is the same actress, I no. <laughs> yeah, that was me too. I am. Did you? Look this up? Did you? Did you check with IMDb? Yeah, I'm on IMDb. I, I went through the straight up doesn't trust you, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I just 2019 to 2021. I just that was that was the change. And Jenna's questioning your your internet skills, your it's, mad it's skills. I, no, I just I didn't know if he did a quick Google and just I looked did. at an article and someone no. trying to justify I had it. I checked the article. I had to check IMDb. I had to go back and like quadruple check. I remember doing this when I first sat down because <laughs> I paused it to say, "Wait, who is that? That's not Siri." Uh, and it is. And then here's the thing: I thought I was getting jerked around again on time jumps. I was like, "Wait." Whoa, 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 whoa. Uh-huh. And so I had to go back and look through this. And it's oh my God, person. Aaron's going to lose his shit. Yeah, <laughs> I did. I no, did. And, and here's what they did then that pisses me off. They overemphasized her eyebrows in season two. Had they left her more eyebrows more neutral, you would have recognized them to be the same. Yeah, That's they, literally the only difference. Yeah, they, they could have utilized makeup to not have such a drastic change. And I don't know if that was a choice she she wanted to not look like her younger self or, or what but it it does look like she ages 10 years overnight no that's huh. not that's not to be a that's not to say like a bad thing or whatever it's just that she had a massive growth spurt uh it just yeah. looks like she just looks different huh interesting but it is the I, same girl yeah no it's totally the eyebrow thing or she might have fucked up and dyed her eyebrows which is an end thing before they started shooting. And if you dye your eyebrows, like that's, that's hard to, I mean, I guess you could bleach the hell out of them, but then they Or you can out. shave them off and just use fake ones. <laughs> <laughs> as many close-ups as there are. So anyways, yes, that is the same. Okay, sorry. Didn't mean to get caught up on that for so long, but right. goddamn. But it, it's one of the things that'll throw you when you watch this season. It's a thing that should have been brought up. I agree. I totally there... missed it to you mentioned. I was like, wait a second. No, it's a different, it's a different girl. If well, she's getting prettier with age, I would agree with Jenna. <laughs> if there's I mean, anything this show can said to be about, it's going off on a tangent for an unacceptable length of time. <laughs> that is that is how RPGs work, Seth. And I feel like it is. I, you're saying we just got side quested, huh? <laughs> yes. No, and that's what I love about that. Um, 
there are, you can tell it's someone who really loves the series that created this um, because they mentioned things that people who play the game would get. Like when she mentions, we could go to Skellig, I have people there. And like, um, like within hours, it seems like of this coming out, all the people wrote memes of can't go to Skellig, too many side quests. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Uh, because they get their audience. And um, I guess like Henry Cavill, he loves this series and the book. So like the gaming and the book so much that he was often like low-key correcting, correcting people. people. On set. Yeah. And uh, he's he's so happy with what they're doing that he said he would do seven more seasons. Wow. They've already approved season three. Okay, they have not. I, I knew they, they were looking at, I know that he said he would do a lot more seasons and uh, uh, I know they had already greenlit like another one, but uh, yeah, I, I found some mixed things. Some people had said like, oh, they've already committed to it. And it's like, no, he is committed to doing it mm. for several seasons. But yeah, it, it's a good story from, from what I understand. So it's, well, I don't. A dark one, but. It's dark, but like that's that, what though. makes it enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah. Lord of the Rings technically was dark too, end of days. So. I mean, I mean, same thing happened with Harry Potter. It started out light. It did, but by the time they got into the, the last couple yeah. of episodes, I mean, it was really dark. This series has never been light, though. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. But uh, this series has something I, I feel like for Jenna and perhaps our other female listeners that uh, Harry Potter didn't. Henry Cavill not wearing a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not. It doesn't scare me. It doesn't scare me at Jenna's all. It's like no, I don't like that <laughs> at all. You get you get uh you get Jasker not wearing a shirt too, and turns out he's not uh, not just a scrawny bard. He's pretty jacked. Hey, but, Linda, uh, look out jacked. for bards. Bards are a threat. <laughs> Lynn and I oh, always have right, a thing Chris. whenever we whenever we see an actor yes. or an actress take off their their shirt um, in a movie. Uh, we always reference that clip from Galaxy Quest where that guy's bitching about the captain. I see you managed to get your shirt, get your shirt off shirt. again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Alan no. Rickman's character. Yes, right. Mm-hmm. Although that was a, a beef from my partner who was like, hey, where'd all the nudity go? Because it was definitely much more. Uh, it, was, it was tamer. I was, I was a little bit disappointed in that. Um, that uh, they didn't find other excuses to do that. I mean, yes, it needs to be more Games of Thronish in that way. Yeah, I mean, and that's but there was like a lot of tension. I mean, like there is so much politics and things that are happening. Like even though the first definitely season had a shit ton of that, this there was a lot of you needed to get more personal to understand what was driving everything from the elves because getting more of their backstory to the brotherhood and their politics because they're having infighting. I mean, it's, it was a lot, but it was so, I don't know. I, it, it's one of those few TV shows that I know it's going to suck when I get through it because then I have to wait and I have a need, but thank God, because <laughs> now I can watch Wheel of Time because I can hold, fill that hole for a little while. Right. And Wheel of Time is very good. I know we're still doing phrasing apparently. We're still doing phrasing. <laughs> Man, if I still had the quote board, that one would be going up on it. Uh, why? Why? For years we've been saying you need to bring back the quote board, Seth. But so, um, I so really, like I said, outside of the fact that. The actress makeup should have did a better job like reducing the amount of change in her physicality now that i know it's the same actress i kind of feel like a mess uh, normally i'm better at this game uh i think everything if anything it just felt too rushed i wanted to i wanted to stay in this world a little bit longer how many episodes quicker. are there eight eight oh and it goes That's... it goes by quickly yeah, that's so, the same as the Wheel of Time was eight episodes, and and it just it just feels too rushed. And I I have to think that that has got to be less of a creative decision and more of a bean counter decision, because yeah. a lot of these shows with just eight episodes seem so damn rushed. Uh, you know, I was really happy to see and surprised to see with um, 
this um, fourth season or fifth season of Star Trek Discovery. They've got 13 episodes. And I was just like shocked because I'm getting so used now to seeing 10 episode seasons. And even now you're starting to see more of the eight episode seasons. And I'm like, this is getting ridiculous because they have to rush so much. They're trying to put with the Wheel of Time, especially so much of the book, or I don't know, first maybe two books or something into mm-hmm. the first season. And cramming that into eight episodes, um, you know, I think we mentioned this on our previous Wheel of Time episode, but that I didn't really feel like I had any investment into the characters by the time the the death scenes came in that, that it was like, yeah, well, whatever kind of a thing. So yeah. they really need to, they really need to be doing at least 10 episode seasons. I would like to see 13 episode seasons. I think that would be a decent deal to do. And, and there's got to there's there's definitely enough material there that they could do these this kind of thing i i agree with that but i also will add that you know while they are getting while they seemingly feel shorter uh the quality is still way up there oh Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, yeah we're talking which is good yeah yeah i mean how long does it take them to do post-production for a two and a half hour movie you're yeah. talking about having them do post-production all these movie quality effects for eight eight hours of yeah. footage, whereas a movie it does two point five in a I don't know how long the post-production is for something like The Matrix, but you're looking at doing like three of those and people want a season a year. Like you just yeah. might not be able to do all these, uh, well, all this computer animation and get a season a year at 13 episodes. And that's fair, but I'm going to pout about it. I yeah, know. Yeah, I think it's fair to pout about it, but you also have actors <laughs> that, that their schedules only allow for so much and they're getting into doing multiple things. Mm. We, we live in an era where, era where there's maybe less movies that people want to see other than big blockbusters and way more yeah. series that are getting produced. Well, um, so. Uh, to your point, Chris, I also feel like we didn't see very many like movie stars in TV before the streaming era. That's right. That's like, exactly what shifted. We had our TV personalities and we had people who were in movies. And sometimes the people from TV would go to movies, but you wouldn't mm-hmm. see Robert De Niro going to a TV show. Yeah. Right. And that, yeah. that's changed a lot. And that's that's where I think, you know, love them or hate them, Netflix set um, a bar there that it really helped that they can do, um, you know, you don't need to be on the big screen to make it big anymore. If anything, that's become less of a thing people care for. I can sit at home and watch some of my favorite actors do some awesome things, uh, either in a miniseries or a straight to streaming movie. Well, and I know. think. I think the the advancement of home television technology has been a major player in that. Because, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. in the olden days when you had the, the tube TVs, right, and the resolution <laughs> was really low and they could get away with shoddy special effects and shoddy props. And now you have, you know, HD stuff, 4K, 4K going to 8K um, and these massive 65 to 80 inch TVs that people have in their houses. It's like having a movie theater in your own house. And yeah. so now it's it's I think it's blurred the line between the quality of a movie theater and and a home uh, entertainment it, center. It and has I, on on The Witcher specifically, uh, you know, uh, Seth. I think I think for actors that want to be part of the high quality thing, The Witcher's got some of the, if not the highest production quality that I've seen on on the screen in like a very long time. Down to every little detail, how crisp. Everything looks and feels down to the graphics, down to the tailoring of the clothing, like everything. It is very, very high quality. And as we were saying, you know, can you crunch out, you know, set to your point, 13 hours worth of, you know, 10 to 13 hours worth of content with all that post-production versus, you know, squeezing in eight. And, you know, and, but and Chris, quality. And Chris, I think um, you said the same thing that, that Linda and I said with respect to Dune, was that mm-hmm. we'd watched it at home on yeah. our 65 inch TV, right? But mm-hmm. it was such a, a an expansive um, 
vista scenes of mm-hmm. you know big wide screens and and giant um, ships and stuff that were in there and troops and yep. everything that we thought okay we want to go see this in a main theater in a big theater so we can see yes. it on the big screen and I think you had also mentioned that when we went to see it in the we weren't that impressed it didn't seem to be that big of a difference from watching it at home and I know that was Linda's and my impression and that and we were there with a couple of other friends too and they were like yeah you know it I was happy with yeah. what I saw on the home screen, having seen it in the theater. So yeah, I, I think that's a new trick up filmography's, you know, sleeve, yeah. if you will. And it, they are finding ways to bring that to home, regardless of the screen size. It's the quality in your technique of how you're filming that. Mm-hmm. Also consider for shows like the wheel of time and the witcher, uh, like we get a lot of, or a lot of TV shows uh, kind of rely on having reusable sets. Yeah. But yeah. how many sets can you reuse in The Witcher and <laughs> The Wheel of Time? Right. Right. Because they're man. traveling in each of these in fantasy settings. So you need a new uh, something completely new. Town. New. Sure. Yeah. Two or three yeah. times an episode. Yeah. And I, yeah. I, that's a good point. I mean, with Star Trek Discovery being 13 seasons, a lot of it is reusable sets on the ship, right? Yep. You get the bridges, the inner transporter room, hallways, corridors, Yep, that stuff never changes. So only when you go down to a planet, for example, um, do you need to have new scenery? Cause a lot of, or maybe you go to a new ship or something, I suppose an enemy ship, but, um, so probably a lot less impactful on the budget than uh, maybe a fantasy show where you've got a new, you know, new cities and stuff all the time. So, and uh, also, also it's all outside. Yeah. So you're, yeah. you've got to deal with daylight eight hours a day, unless you're doing something like what they did with, uh, uh, did, uh the Mandalorian where they have, yeah, the volume. the volume. Yeah. Well, and that's just it too. They filmed a lot of this in the UK where daylight is not as quite possibly as available. But and I rain. Mean, yeah, so much rain. <laughs> uh, well, it was snow in theory. I don't know if that was fake snow or real snow, but uh, it looks believably cold because, like, it doesn't even look like maybe it's that cold, but. Like I noticed when one mage was walking into a store and he's breathing out before he walks in, like you can see cold air coming yep. out of his breath. Yeah. Yep. And there was a lot of that. Like, so it does look believably cold, whether they did that or not. <laughs> so All right. Jenna, what was your favorite scene? Your favorite moment out of it? That's hard. Um <laughs> Well, you think about I was just thinking about it. Uh, like what was more the most memorable for me? For me was uh, when the other witchers take Siri to do some serious training yeah. at, at their training ground. So there's there's a scene in there where um, uh, Geralt is uh, getting Siri trained on just being able to kind of self, you know, defend herself. And Siri is struggling with this concept of whether or not she wants to go down that path and become, you know, maybe a witcher herself is, is kind of one of the, the themes that comes up in here or a struggle that she, a personal struggle she has to deal with. And, and girl also has to struggle with that. So whether or not that's something, you know, he wants to support or not, but, but yeah. that aside, uh, you know, she's, she's playing with this toy stick figure, basically fighting against it. And, uh, uh, ultimately, the other witches are like, you really want to, you know, learn some some real fighting or, and, and skills or whatever. So they take them, take her over to where they do their training. Because they're trying to beat her down. They think she's right. They're just trying a to wear princess. out. Right, right. They're trying to just, uh, you know, get rid of her illusion that she could make this happen. And she's intent. Mm-hmm. She's hell bent on proving them wrong. So they bring <laughs> her to this training area, and it's got all these spinning things, things that swing left and right and beat you up, uh, uh, an obstacle course, if you will. Uh, except one that draws blood. Yeah. And, uh, uh, I enjoyed it. Not, not that I'm a sadist, but I mean, she got her ass kicked. Bad. And it, this is the thing that Geralt brought up later. It's so dangerous. Yep. These guys didn't think about the fact that by the time you go to that level of training, you've gone through the trials. You've been mm-hmm. mutated. You are no longer human. Right. And they were putting her through this as a human. Yep. Mm. It's like he said, he made there was some line of when a witcher cracks his skull, he's better in three days. You crack your skull, you die. Dead. Mm. Yeah. 
but she went through with it mm-hmm. and she pushed hard and uh, ultimately she she nearly conquers the the obstacle and uh it was seeing that growth of, of her just a real uh someone who's growing up to be a real strong woman and what she can prove that she can do before she's even made that that conversion if you will uh if that ultimately ends up happening so i that that was my favorite uh part of that was her proving them wrong um and her just getting up regardless of whether she was internally bleeding or not <laughs> yeah no that she was gets her ass kicked yeah that was great i don't know i there was a lot of really great scenes like both action and storyline so that- wise so Jenna, so, you're not bringing up the topless scene with uh, Geralt? Uh, nah, nah. There, I, I like the deeper shit than that. Um, most of the time. Most of the time. So, Be true uh, to yourself, Jenna. <laughs> but um, I did like this continuing theme of examine your motivations because that's what she kept saying, I want to defend myself and, or, you know, get retribution on the black Knight." And he's like, no, it's not about that. You you're trying to kill yourself in this other ways because you don't know what else to do with yourself. Because mm-hmm. once you get through all that, you get your revenge. You think you get the thing you think you want what's left. You have to find other reasons to exist. Yeah. There was definitely a theme of uh, forced reflections. As yeah. You kind of go through there, not just for, Syria girl before a lot of the but Yennefer actually, too yeah but Yennefer too they all had to go through some type of reflection and understand their whys um and, and why they want to move forward you know what's their will to live even you know yeah sure because this world sucks so why keep... <laughs> I mean what's it the is point? <laughs> yeah, yeah there's a lot of just yeah. straight up pain and suffering in this world yeah. um and I don't know, like it's so it kind of goes back to that it's not some magical everything the hero is going to always win like no there is so much collateral damage and in essence you do feel really sorry for the witchers at the end um and you feel god how guilty as siri would you feel for causing so much chaos like literally thousands of people have died because of her one way or another when you yeah, look that's at true. Yeah. her body count from season one, like it's okay. So that was a funny scene. Uh, like Siri finally reveals to Geralt that not only did she cause a monolith to fall from her scream in the very first episode where she causes a crack in the ground, mm-hmm. but then four men from Sentra or, you know, teenage boys at that time were, were about to take her to collect the bounty, but they were also going to rape her. Uh, and mm-hmm. she screamed and He's like, well, how many did you kill? And she said four. And he's like, you got a lot of catching up to do. <laughs> yeah. Yep. But maybe they just, if bad things happen when Siri screams, can they just teach her to be quiet? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what's funny. By the end of the series, she does start getting more like Carol, but she just doesn't quite respond as much. Mm-hmm. And people start making comments like, like father, like daughter. <laughs> yeah maybe uh, maybe in season three she starts doing her own grunts yeah you know yeah. nice that'd be pretty interesting uh, yeah well do we have a uh, a final question that we want to pose to our listeners to answer <sighs> maybe um, uh there maybe will be a third season could, that's good maybe yes. if they could be uh any character in the witcher world uh, how about mage or witcher which would you be mage yeah. or witcher all right sounds like a good uh, question Personally, I would choose mage. And the reason being is that mages in this time are flourishing and witchers are not. So there is yeah. a thing that there's a, uh, not to get too off topic from the, from the question at hand, but there is a story that they reveal to you that, you know, the witchers are dying off. There's not very many of them left. Right. And they uh-huh. explain why that is. Jenna, you, you hinted to that before. Um, you know, there's, there's specific uh, blood that's needed to make the concoction to create wizards mm-hmm. and everything and, and that's all or mages excuse, or witchers sorry um and all of that's kind of explained in this too that you know the, the witches are a dying breed so right. i don't think i want to be in that camp because there's not very many left it, no as cool as they are the mages are a much larger population uh even if they can't all agree with each other 
which is why I, I still say like see Nightmare of the Wolf. I mean, I know it's not it's a cartoon, but it's only 90 minutes. Okay. Um, and it, it definitely helps you understand why everything is so critical for the witchers, like gives you that much you don't have to. Don't want to give the audience the wrong impression. You don't have to, but it, it does help. All right. Well, we'll yeah, you do have to if you want to keep listening to this show. <laughs> it's required. The Nightmare of the Wolf, or else you can't listen to us anymore. That's that's our new rule. <laughs> Jenna, did, Jenna made that rule. Nice. Yeah. All right. Well, sounds good. Well, uh, thank you all. It's been a good discussion. We're looking forward, Lynn and I, to starting The Witcher tonight. So yeah give yourself to time to watch at least a couple of episodes you can't just watch one episode at a time. no no yeah now yeah. we're going to start at five o'clock we got uh audie and uh zach coming over to help oh. help us watch it so they're big nice. witcher fans as well so good times we'll, we'll start out with that nightmare of the wolf that'll be good yes so, all right well thank you all for listening and we will catch you all again next time uh again uh wednesday we release our new shows typically and um Check us out on uh, galacticdriftwood.space. And don't forget our partner podcasters. Yeah, I said it right that time. On uh, sinnation.net, S-Y-N nation.net. So that's Leave it. Leave us a comment below what you thought of The Witcher's yeah. Season 2 and uh, maybe what you're looking forward to in Witcher's Season 3. Like and subscribe. Do yes. it. <laughs> Do, Do it now. Do it now. All right. See you all later. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Galactic Driftwood Podcast. For more information and past episodes, please visit our website at galacticdriftwood.space or subscribe to us on YouTube. And now, please deactivate your cranial downlinks, collect your towels, and be sure to watch your step as you exit our gravity well. <laughs>